done things that have been more. Well, Scott, thank you very much. I am beyond excited for this edition of the Living Undeterred podcast. Great to see you. COVID you handshake. Too, it's an honor. Yeah, um, I don't even know where to start. Um, when I decided to put together this uh, Living Undeterred uh, mindset, initially we spent time talking about people battling substance abuse, addiction, maybe right. people that went through traumatic events, in our case, you know, losing uh, someone close to us. And I thought, you know, if I do a podcast after a while, you know, that's going to get, you know, you can't talk about one topic constantly. So then I said, well, let's get into some things that uh, maybe can help people if they're struggling with certain things in their life. Maybe they can say, hey, I want to get into this or I want to get into this. So I have a scuba diving show coming up down the road. Um, and your show is just, it, it's an odd show, but don't take that offense no, to no. that because I am... I've been thinking about I'm this an show. Person, so. <laughs> By the way, Scott's my brother. Full disclosure. So, um, uh, I obviously I've known him my whole life. Uh, <laughs> my older brother, one of two, and then I have my younger brother Dan. But today we're going to talk about, and I don't know what to call this show. We're going to talk about the afterlife. We're going to talk about spirits. We're going to talk about ghosts, which I know you and I don't really like that word. Um, I'm that, not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. Mm -hmm. But I guess before we get too, too far ahead of ourselves, why don't you tell us, out of all the careers you could have picked, lawyer, doctor, teacher, you picked uh, a ghost hunter. And I, I actually like to tell people that my brother's a ghost hunter. You should see their eyes perk up. And then I yeah. show your website and they're like, oh my God, he's really a ghost hunter. So right, right. why don't you just uh, tell, tell the watchers and listeners uh, what got you into the paranormal, you know, what's the name of your company, and then we'll just figure out where we go from there. Yeah. Well, first of all, if I could, I want to say that um, another term I'm not a big fan of is ghost hunter. Yeah. Um, I know it's the popular term to use. Uh, the, the term ghost in general, I think, kind of demeans the possibility of us communicating and, and talking to people who pass from their physical body. But um, And also, what I do, I know it seems like a career, but it's not. It's, right. it's, a, it's a passionate um, hobby on steroids. Yeah, uh, I, it's not a job, not a career. The amount of work that I put into it and everything that I do for it is just like a job, just like anybody else would do. But um, the re to your to your question, the reason I morphed into this, I think, was just it was a matter of when. It wasn't a matter of if. You've always I think, in our basement as kids running around well, hunting for. We we would never go in the room, and Scott yeah. would always go in the room. Yep. Yeah. And when I was about nine years old, I remember going about that far back in third grade. I had a passion. For not just the paranormal, which back in that day it was called parapsychology. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't have this any of this paranormal investigating stuff was unknown. Um, nobody knew about it. It was a brand new field. It was really parapsychology. Parapsychology was just ESP, you know, extrasensory perception experiments, mentalism with crest telekinesis, stuff that, like that. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. and uh, <clears throat> all that stuff was brand new. But I was always fascinated in not just that angle. But anything that we call now um, kind of spiritual. Right. I was into uh, tarot cards as a kid. I loved, I got a, one of my best ever Christmas presents was a Kreskin magic kit. He was a famous mentalist. Oh, yeah. I'm dating myself here. No, no, I think any, he most was on people, Kreskin's been on the forefront of all this. He was the big one. Now, you know, yep. younger people today probably don't know who the heck he, or who the heck he was right. or what he did. Go check it out. Amazing stuff. He never mm -hmm. claimed to be able to read minds, but he did some amazing stuff. So anyway, I got this magic kit of his. And one of the most compelling moments for me, one thing that really drove me 
to get fascinated with this, the powers of the mind, was part of this magic kit was a little pendulum. Mm-hmm. Just a little plastic. It looked like it was a fake ivory pendulum on a chain. And it came with a little uh, uh, target about like this, the size of this piece of paper here, with concentric circles in it. And the idea was you would take this pendulum and you'd just hold it down like this, perfectly still, hopefully, if you're being honest. And um, you would try everything you could to make that pendulum move just in your mind. Right. And I was fascinated by the possibility of doing mm-hmm. this. And this is a true story. Um, I worked with that pendulum night after night for a while. And one night it did start to move when I was just in my mind, just hmm. not saying it, right. wanting it to go in a circle. And I was taking my hand and I was going out because I'm not trying to impress anybody. Right. It's just me. Right. I was holding as tight as I could, just saying, do not. You're not going to subconsciously move that thing. I got to the point, Jeff, I could make that thing. I'm kid you not it was start in slow circles and it would start going like this and then I would in my mind I'd make it stop and then go backwards and then I can make it do crosses so that got down, you interested right. but that's not paranormal so is that more well, the interest in the parapsychology part of this paranormal though remember is not just the spirit end of things it's not just the uh, apparitions and ghosts right. okay paranormal cool. is a broad term that covers Things like this, it covers aliens, it covers Bigfoot. So do you think something like a like a ghost was controlling <clears throat> that? Or do you no, think more I, of it was just your your subconscious, you really focus like um, remote viewing they had back in uh, the Cold War when yeah. when they had people, um, uh, the CIA has actually come out now after the fact and they've said, hey, we've actually experimented with putting you know uh, people in rooms and trying to read where the soviets were setting up their missiles right. and stuff you know right. with remote mm-hmm. viewing is that kind yeah. of the same thing oh it, it's in a way it's related it's mainly related in the sense that we're talking about the powers of the mind the incredible powers of the human mind that are so untapped mm-hmm. and so yeah once that just fascinated me here was something my point is something that i i used to be extremely skeptical which sounds funny of a 9 year old to say that but i was open to it right and here i was doing this and so then, um, but then real quickly, because you mentioned what got me right. started. Well, like I started at age nine. The next big thing, and I've not shared this with anybody in the family, I don't think, have I shared it on my live stream as I do. This was incredible. I will never forget this moment as long as I live. I was fascinated by these mental experiments, just the, the idea. So one thing, an experiment I came up with on my own, was I took a deck of cards, and I said, I'm going to take a, a card out of this deck. I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to put it in an envelope. I'm going to seal that envelope with sealing wax. Why? Because I'm the only one that's going to open it, but sealing wax. I'm going to put it under my pillow. And I'm just going to do a relaxation technique that Kreskin talked about and just see. Remember, there's no sender mm-hmm. in some of those experiments we're right. talking about. You got a sender and a receiver right. in the early ESP right. experiments. Right. There was no sender. Hmm. So All no right? signals were really given. Correct. Pulled a card out, didn't look, sealed it under the pillow. And I remember distinctly, and yes, it's a hell of a long time ago, but I remember this vividly. I had a dream, and I woke up. I was all excited, thinking, okay, did I have a dream? And all of a sudden, it hit me. Okay, I did. And it started coming to me, and I was getting disappointed because it wasn't making any sense. My dream was this, really concise. There was um, a younger male standing outside. He was holding something, and I thought, ah, oh, this isn't happening. But then I realized in my, that in my dream, he was dressed pretty well. Like really nice clothes, like almost like, you know, kingly. Hmm. But he was younger. And I'm like, I'm like oh my God, I, I, it's giving me goosebumps right now talking about it. 
I thought, could it be a jack? Oh, come on. But get, oh, it gets better. And then he's holding something. He's outside. And I'm going, oh, Spade. but it's a shovel. It's a, like a, a hole. And then a, oh my, I went, oh, my God. And I was trying to control my excitement. And I, and I thought, could, there's no way. Now, you have a 1 in 52 chance yeah, statistically, but still, right? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I opened that envelope. It was the Jack of Spades. I will never forget it. I ran downstairs. I'm sure mom would remember this. She's down in the kitchen. I was just hyperventilating. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm down there, you know, tugging on her shirt. Mom, mom, you're not going to believe what happened. She was making something. And, you know, she was just kind of not, she was hearing me, but not right. really getting into it. And I was trying to emphasize that was incredible. That was the next thing that got me going. There is something to this. So then fast See, most forward. of us kids were out playing cowboys and Indians, yeah. and you were out putting cards I in envelopes and trying to guess them. So Being an utter nerd. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so anyway, yeah, not to take too much time on that, but now fast forward many years later and a lot less hair later to coming to a point, kind of segueing into what you're all about now with your living undeterred and all the stuff you've been through and talking about people hitting, hitting rock bottom and going through things. Right. And I think sometimes... You, you get to a place, maybe it's a, it's a function of getting to a certain age, you get in your 50s, and they have that term I hate that's called midlife crisis. Midlife challenge, I call it yeah, midlife Yeah, there's no challenge. crisis about right. it. I think you start to analyze what do you want to do with your life. Right. And not even talking about financially. Right. Just what do you want to do? Right. And we talked about a little bit uh, about this off camera, about how it's important at that time to think. Now go back to what I was just talking about as a kid. Go back to the things. What were you passionate about as a kid? As a child, right, where you didn't care, you weren't thinking career, right. You weren't thinking money. What did you love to do? And for you, it was always looking for. That was ghosts. one of them. It was. Another one was yep. astronomy. I used to yeah. love taking my telescope and looking up at the heavens. And who knows, maybe I can do that again sometime. But I, I thought I'm, I thought heck with it. I'm going to do what I wanted when I'm passionate about. Right. And so that's why, uh, then when the TV show started coming out in 2008, right, Ghost Adventures, etc. Here I was at. 52 at the time, I thought, you know, that would be something I'd love to do. And so I got my first digital voice recorder and started goofing around to see if I could get communications and what, went from there. What do you think makes us want to communicate with loved ones that have died? Um, is it that we just haven't figured out a way to, to let go or to say goodbye and we just need, have this need to feel like we can't accept closure. We just can't accept the fact that the life's end, maybe that's it. Because, you know, this search for the afterlife, you go back to the Egyptians, you go back to wall paintings and yep. caves. I mean, you know, it's it's something you didn't invent. I mean, it's been around and it will be around because I don't know if we'll ever, mm-hmm. you know, until we catch a ghost in a bottle mm-hmm. or until Sasquatch gets caught, there's always going to be that thing out there. You and I talked way when we were little kids. You always used to say, we talk about UFOs a lot, because I, you know, I have a big interest in this area, mm-hmm. and that's what really got me excited yeah, about this yeah. show today, to kind of deviate from all the stuff I normally talk about. Mm-hmm. But you've always said this, and it mm-hmm. resonated with me. You said, well, Jeff, I'll give you that that's fake, that's fake, that's fake, that's fake. If there's 100 photos of ghosts, and 99 are fake, or if there's 100 photos of UFOs, and 99 are fake, but one is real, then they, they exist. And I think that's what keeps us going. You know, I, agree. I could say I'm a skeptic. I don't believe. However, there's that one photo, that one. And we're going to, what's really exciting is you brought some photos in today. And we're going to go through some photos that are considered the 
kind of the um, uh, the, the best photos in, in the history of ghost hunting or just yeah. you know okay. accidental photos that people take. Them, yeah. A lot of them people aren't trying to take a picture That's of a right. ghost. They're taking a picture of a graveyard and then there's somebody in the background. So I I'm interested have in your, one of those with me. Yeah, I'm interested in your thoughts yeah. on that. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about things such as Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, things yeah. that... That you know, I have my opinion on that. I think mm-hmm. I think some of these things at some point get to be rather comical. Yeah. Specifically, like the Loch Ness monster, I just have a hard time. I have more belief, like in Sasquatch, and I do that. Um, and you know, why would a, someone in their fifties, you know, at this stage of our life, uh, be interested in this stuff? And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's because mm-hmm. we're at that stage where we're trying to find answers to questions. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're nine, it's more curiosity. Because you don't know a whole lot. When you get older, you know a lot. And a lot of times that can blind you to learning. And so I respected what you do, Scott, because you don't go into a house. And and we're going to talk about this, too. Maybe you want to do this now. Um, The just the proliferation of ghost shows out there is nauseating. I mean, it's it's there's just go show, go show, go show. And it's the same thing they package and, you know, I will tell you, some of the evidence is pretty good. Some Mm -hmm. of it is just ridiculous. But the ability for these people to take advantage of, vul- of vulnerable people. Oh, so, you know, Scott, let's say I lose my grandmother mm-hmm. and I move into her house and I hear a creak at three in the morning and yeah. I really miss grandma really bad. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to really want to believe that it's my grandma communicating. And a lot of people Absolutely. watching this are having this happen. Absolutely. And so I call Scott Johnston up and if you're a scammer, you're going to come out and say, well, yeah, that's what you're hearing for sure. Every creak. Here, give me a hundred bucks and I'll, I'll, I'll investigate for you. Yeah. You don't do that. No. I, I want to know why you don't charge anything for your investigations and, and what, what's your thoughts on those that, and, and I know you're treading on being disparaging to your competitors, but the reality is, what do you think about people that charge a fee to go on ghosts and those that don't? I, I think mm-hmm. to me, there's an easy situation there where people can be taken advantage of. Well, that, that's the whole premise behind not doing it. And it's a real, real, um, hot button topic in the paranormal field and in fact arguably it's the biggest hot button topic that there is it even trumps uh validity of evidence and can we prove it trumps all that stuff um because let's face it i mean every the conflict of interest well don't you think yeah I, I think in a sense yeah but my, my biggest gripe and I, we talked off camera about maybe making a whole separate thing about this yeah. topic so i'm not going to go into it a lot right. but there's so much hypocrisy in it and uh like with most things you know, money is king. Money is paramount. I mean, this is all money driven. But anyway, to, again, to your question, uh, the reason I don't, I think, is twofold. Um, in no particular order, you're considered completely illegitimate in this field if you do charge a fee for. Now, I'm talking the residential investors mm-hmm. like I do, mm-hmm. teams like mine, who um, have homes and businesses contact us with supposed issues. We. The phrase is in our field: If you find a paranormal team that's charging to investigate your house, run screaming from them because yeah, they're not legitimate. Yeah, and so that's that. one reason I don't. Right now, I'm starting to care less and less about what people in the field think. I just, I really don't care. I'm still not charging a fee because it it makes uh, the homeowner more at ease. Right. Okay, that things are going to be done legit, uh, legitimately. Uh, the only other reason I don't charge a fee. I would say right now is just because I haven't really had to. It's to say it's a labor of love is the biggest understatement oh, I've ever come up with. And I know the time, exactly the what you're hours, about. the hours yep. I spend doing this are just ridiculous. Right. Um, I have thought about 
beginning to charge a fee, just a flat rate. Yeah. For well, you have expenses? I mean, every investigation right. I spend probably 60 to 80 bucks out of pocket on batteries alone. Mm-hmm. Then there's gas, sometimes to and from interview, right. to and from the investigation, to and from the evidence. Is it possible deal. you just come up with a fixed cost? Type That's of what I was thinking. Yeah. Just a flat rate. But anyway, um, I haven't yet for, for a couple of reasons, but it's a, it's a hot button topic. But at the, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm happy that I don't, and I do accept donations. Sometimes a client will donate. And we're going to put your website. And I'm happy it's to do CR it. Paranormal, right? It's crparanormal.com, yeah. Okay. That's correct. And you uh, do a live stream Monday nights. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, I've been on two of them. And, you know, again, at my age of 54, some of the events I've gone through with, with my personal life, and you're, and you're part of it, you know, your family. Um, I just decided I wanted to be a learner. I wanted to be a sponge. I wanted to just keep learning. And so mm-hmm. any preconceived barrier I built up on a topic, I'm like, you know what? I'm too old to be ignorant. And so I sat into your show. And I've always, like I said, I've always been interested in, in ghosts mm-hmm. and Bigfoot and all those things. But I'm, I'm on the skeptic side. Right. It's like I have to have like lunch with Bigfoot before mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay, Bigfoot exists. Literally. Yeah. If I see one, I probably won't even believe it's I exist. It's a great name for a documentary, by the way. Lunch with Bigfoot. Oh, it'd be, it'd be great. Matter of fact, let me write that. No, I'm um, So, you know, for for me, um, and, uh, and this is my ADD again kicking in, but I kind of forgot what I was talking about. But, oh, I do uh, that all the time. No, um, so I've, I've always been interested in this, and I thought um, what I would try to do is take the perspective that, that you're, you're not a skeptic like I am. However, you're also into debunking things. So when you come into Absolutely. a house and someone reaches out to you, um, you're not going in there. Every little noise is is a ghost. It's a heater, or it's because your house is a hundred years old. I mean, it's creaking. What, what's the when you get a request and, and people watching this, if they're interested in having you come out and investigate, as you say, what's the most popular request that you get when someone reaches out to you? What's the number one thing people reach out you, to you? You find out what that is in the initial homeowner interview. Mm-hmm. And almost without exception, let me think real quick if there's any exceptions to this. The last question I ask in the interview answers that question. I ask him, it's about 40, 40 question interview. Hmm. And I say, what would you like to see accomplished from an investigation of your home? Okay. The answer to that question determines when and if this case ever gets closed. Until that question is answered or that what they want yeah. is What is answers do you get? The number one to your, to your question is... I just want to know I'm not crazy. I, if, if you can document for me, if you can find evidence right. of paranormal activity, that would be great. If you can't, that's fine too. So some of the validation isn't, I want to make sure this is grandma I'm talking to. Exactly. Some of it's just, no. I want to make sure I'm not crazy. The number one hmm. request we get is we're hoping you can find evidence one way or another. Right. Whether it means everything's naturally explainable or, yeah, you've got somebody here. Or there's other types of... Um, hauntings that have nothing to do with spirits. I don't want to get too technical or residual and all that. But Well, no, I do at some point. I want yeah, you yeah. to talk about the, the main types of hauntings because, I again, okay. being a very watcher of all these shows, mm-hmm. um, I know what a residual haunt is. You know, I, 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 But right. for the layperson out there that's kind of now hasn't like hit the off button and went to something else, and they're like, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are the main basis of investigations or, I guess, um, types of uh, hauntings that, that are out there? There's only a handful of them, right? Pretty much. I mean, the the one that people are most interested in, the one that uh, gets everybody's attention, is the classic idea of spirits being in the house, people who do, uh, pass from their physical body. And some believe, you know, there are darker entities. Like that, demons. That they get involved. Uh, demons, yeah. Some um, 
some people I know in some countries uh, don't believe that demons exist. Others right. believe that they do and that they you have cases where they're involved. There's other types of dark entities I believe exist. But mainly there's the the classic spirit, okay? Right. That's what we call your typical haunting, which is another word I'm not a big fan of. But there's also a type of um, haunting called a residual. And that's where usually it's somebody with abilities. Uh, and just like with any other talent or gift, some people have a lot more abilities in this field. There's sensitives, there's mediums, there's empaths. I'm an empath. I wrote, like I wrote all three down here because <clears throat> awesome. I watched your show. That's perfect. Now, I was going to so, ask you what the difference was, but you go ahead and finish yeah, it. So, yeah. so people with strong abilities, especially not empaths, unfortunately, like me, because I'm, I'm just, no pun intended, but I'm dying to see an apparition. Um, <laughs> never seen one I want to. But anyway, um, yeah, usually sensitives and mediums. A residual haunting is, this is my definition, when someone with strong abilities walks into a location and it's kind of like hitting play on a spiritual right. uh, audio recorder right. or VCR. They're just reliving. What happens is we know, and I don't want, I'm not a physics major or anything like that, but we pretty much know everything's energy, right? We talk mm -hmm. about that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty commonly accepted. Mm -hmm. And so even things such as emotions, in other words, when you have a home, it doesn't matter how long it's been there. Think of all the good, happy, loving, loving wonderful yeah. times that happened in that house. And the bad. And some place, sometimes there's, there's grievous, right. um, not just sad stuff, but sometimes unspeakable, right. evil things, traumatic, that bad things that right. happen in the home. Right. All of this stuff gets absorbed, in my, in my view, and others in, some others in the field believe this. All that energy, emotional energy, even gets absorbed into the physical surroundings. The, the brick, the stone, because it's all energy. Yeah, yeah. In back in the early days of parapsychology, when I was a kid, this was called the stone tape theory. I've heard of that. Another great yep. name for a band, yep. but it's STP already. Jeez. Um, <laughs> I always thought that would be a great name for a band, stone tape theory. But, it would be. But that's that's why it was called that. Stone just meaning the physical surroundings of a home or building. And tape meaning it's a recording, recording medium. Right. Now someone with abilities walks in and sometimes under certain situations with the right person, the right atmosphere... It's like pushing that button, and they're hearing things. It's theorized that even you can see maybe apparitions that are not actual spirits, but you're seeing replays of the past. Then there's another kind um, that's commonly referred to as poltergeist activity. Yeah, okay? which, which just to let any ghost know that is attached to your equipment you're going to get to, they're not allowed in my house. We're going to have like some type, what do you call them, a cleansing? So when we're done, you think I'm kidding? So I know. we're done... We need to have a cleansing to make sure and do the That's sage fine. and whatever you wanted the chance and stuff because yeah. uh, whatever thing came with you needs to leave. It's with a good me, idea. So. Yeah, I was joking with Jeff off camera. I wasn't really joking. Actually. No, you're not joking. <laughs> a, a spirit buddy that I'm pretty sure came with me, but she's benign. But anyway, the third one is uh, the poltergeist uh, activity. Yeah. Yep. Uh, poltergeist is German for noisy ghost. Yeah. Okay. So one way you identify the poltergeist activity is the complaints are often. Uh, regarding sounds mm -hmm. like door slamming footsteps uh, and movement of objects okay like telekinesis yeah um, things of that nature and that really we believe is what's called PK energy or psychokinetic energy it's energy most poltergeist hauntings are results of PK psychokinetic energy coming from somebody somebody who and that's it, what pushes it's usually strong abilities in the person now, is this theory or is there evidence on this? Oh, there, there's, um, I wouldn't say concrete evidence, but there's so many examples 
of hauntings where it's almost always a younger person too, like usually a tweener or a teen right. who's going through stuff. Right. They have abilities, they're holding stuff in. And since they have abilities, it's like a teapot that's boiling. You take, mm. don't take that lid off. Boom. Is it true that and kids apparently are more sensitive to spirits because they don't fear them? Like, like ghosts will tend to talk to babies in a crib or something. Again, I'm just, yeah. anyone listening think may, may think that maybe I went off my deep end, but I do watch a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've actually been interested in this stuff for my whole life. Mm-hmm. Just, I won't say as much as you, but close. Um, and then when I started questioning things in my life, when, especially after Seth died, you know, where was he? Um, could I communicate with him? You know, I know, I know Houdini, when he died, he, he asked people yeah. to try to communicate with him. And yeah. I don't think that's morbid. Um, right. if it is, then all religious people think that they're talking to, uh, their loved ones and that they're in a better place. And so they believe in an afterlife as well. Yeah, so, that's right. um, so I would have to think this is a pretty common human desire. So again, part of my idea for this show was to try to get people that are watching to understand that this is not, there's a stigma with this stuff. Like you guys are Definitely. wackos and stuff, but yeah. then mm-hmm. people will pray to someone who's dead. Well, there's not a lot of difference between trying to communicate like you're doing and yeah. praying. I mean, yeah. you're convinced there's an afterlife. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. I mean, yeah. on that premise, or you wouldn't probably be doing this. Yeah, um, I think majority of the, of the planet believes there's an afterlife. Mm-hmm. So you're in a much bigger boat than the skeptics. And so I would in a great, perfect scenario, literally like to have you catch a ghost that would just oh, be how cool would that be? well then <laughs> you know you could make money on it we could sell a book and i'm just kidding um yeah. but the reality is is that do you think that's possible that someday we'll catch a ghost oh like i ghost ghostbusters i think it was they got a ghost in the no i no, i don't think anything like that um is it capturable i mean would it be something that you could you no, could put I, in it, the confines of something you know it, it depends i mean at, at this point we have I mean, just just assuming going on the premise that it's real okay that they, they really do exist and there's different opinions on that um, you know now you're talking about defining what um, a spirit energy is right um, is it subconscious is it, is mind it, is it consciousness is it, yeah. so what, what now it gets really really right. deep what is the essence what is the stuff the essence of life that's not the physical shell right that appears to exit that is able to sometimes tangibly manifest itself into visual anomalies, into audio and things like that. What is that? You know, is it something you can go grab? Well, okay. I don't think so. But Why would a ghost want to communicate with us? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I, I've always thought about this. It's, it's, it's romantic to think that, that my grandma or, or I keep saying grandma, but grandpa or great grandpa, anybody wants to communicate with me. But right. I, maybe the afterlife, they want nothing to do with us. You know, it's like. I'm moving on, bigger and better mm-hmm. things. I mean, we just assume they want to communicate with us. Right. So to me, all these things are just very, very interesting to me. And I I, yeah. uh, I'm, I want to go on a ghost hunt with you. I've not done it yet. Mm-hmm. And I know where I want to go. And you've been there. Um, I think I know what you're going to say. Well, for me, it would be Enberg Manor. Yeah. That's where I want to yeah. go. And, and uh, I just... I, I've done some research on it. Matter of fact, um, I, I went up there and drove around it one time with a friend, um, my friend, my, my business part, one of my business uh, advisors, Ron, who's into this stuff with me. And I, w- I want to do it sometime. Just, you know, like a bucket list thing. It's like, yeah. you know, going to the Grand Canyon. It's like, you know, I want to go to a haunted place, cross it off, you know. But I want to do it right. I want to do it with like somebody who really takes this serious. And you got, you got three things here we're going to cover here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are... These are, uh, I don't want to say ghost hunting because you hate that word. So what would you call these things? I would call them uh, 
paranormal investigating um, research equipment. Okay, go back. Detecting my, equipment. My ADD is going to get jumping on that. So back to Edinburgh Manor. Yeah. Where is the scariest place that you've actually done an investigation where you walked out of there going, oh my God, I am terrified. It's something that just scared you. It's never happened. Okay. Well, that's a good, honest answer. I've never, I've never What's been the most scared haunted place or terrified of anything. Um, I, and, and you don't again, have to name someone's residence. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think there's an actual most active place I've ever been to because it's hit and miss. Anytime you go into a location, there's no guarantee that that particular night you're there out of 365, you're going to have experiences. Atmosphere changes, energy changes. You never know. What place comes to but mind? But I, I would say, um, if I had to, I'd say there's probably two. I've been to Edinburgh Manor. I've been to Malvern Manor, which was featured on Paranormal Lockdown. Mm-hmm. It's about 40 minutes from the Villisca Axe Murder House, which a lot of people know about. They've watched the shows. I've right. been there. Um, I've also been to the Farrar Schoolhouse. I heard about that just one. this year. That's in that uh, Farrar, Iowa, right? Yeah, yeah. Farrar, Maxwell, Iowa, yeah. same difference. Uh, that's an yep. amazing place, too. I would say, uh, I would say probably Edinburgh Manor or Malvern Manor would be my two in terms of... So you'll go to Edinburgh with me? Sure. Will sure. you hold my hand and like stay next to me? Nope. I'm not going to do a solo. In fact, I'm going to send I you... I do that right now. I'm sending you down in the boiler room. No, that's the first thing I'm doing. because the Joker's down there apparently. That's that well, seven-foot ghost that... rumored to be real and rumored to kind of hang out there. Some say he hangs out upstairs more, but... Uh, well, you tell me where he is, and I'll go a different place of the of Edinburgh Manor. He okay, last runs. week I was in uh, Estes Park, Colorado, yeah, and had a chance to drive through the Stanley Hotel. Oh my gosh, was that cool? I'm jealous. Yeah, and, and I, you know, people the that Shining. don't know the Stanley Hotel, that was featured in the movie The Shining, Stephen King, and That's right. and I guess people don't really understand the context of the Stanley, so based on your limited knowledge of that, that's not where The Shining took place, right? The Stanley. What do you mean, the actual filming of the well, movie? Well, no, because or? that's where Stephen King had the vision for the movie, the, the yeah. idea for the book. Yeah. I'm not positive. I don't know. Some of it may have actually been filmed at the Stanley Hotel. I'm not Because sure. room 217 yeah. is where he stayed. Well, I do know, I'm pretty sure that he wrote uh, quite a bit of the book, of the, some of the, the drafts of the book um, at the hotel. And he claims, I believe, his, The Shining was like a, a, a ghost experience he had, or he got the idea. As far from, as I understand, from and, an experience he had at that hotel, and one or two scenes in the movie, I, I believe, were specifically related to um, purported actual activity in room two seventeen of that of that motel, hotel, I should say. Okay, let's. Okay, so um, <laughs> one of the neat things for me watching these ghost shows is all the new inventions they come up, and and some are. I tell you, the one I really like, Scott, I think it's is pretty endless. cool. And maybe you tell me this is crazy, but it's the one with the, the laser dots and stuff. And then apparently if something walks in front of it, it blocks it. We have it. one of those. I almost, okay. almost but, bought it But today. I'm thinking to myself, well, aren't <clears throat> ghosts invisible? I, the, the, if you have a laser going across and a ghost comes by, why would a ghost inter- interact the, the light there? Those, or those some are, ghost those shadows? Called, those are called laser grid pens. And they're they're not designed again. We're, we're using the, we're throwing the term ghost around really loosely. Right. There's different. Types. I mean, spirit. There's different types. Those who believe that in in this field that believe this phenomenon exists and is real believe that there's a type of entity called a shadow person. Right. Okay. It, in other words, the concept is that sometimes spirit energies that are very strong are able to. It's believed manifest as shadows hmm. instead of the typical because they're mist. a stronger spirit. I guess that's the theory. We don't know why. Um, I've never seen a shadow person. 
I've talked to people who have in our, our latest residential investigation, the girl investigating with me, strong sensitive, she swears up and down. And I told her many times when she joined the team, be straight with me, be straight. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you're not, yeah, because if you lie one time me. in that industry, I'm you're telling done. You, and anybody yeah. that works with me on my team, if, you're if, done. If you're going to make stuff up, not going to fly. Right. And she knows I know that. And she said she saw the one. So anyway, the laser grid pan puts out these dots of uh, laser light and they can shoot down 60, 70 feet down the hallway. The reason they're used is purportedly, I know ghost hunters on their show always use this device. Yeah, that's where I've seen yeah. it. Yeah. And the idea behind them is if a shadow, which is a darker, the, the way people who've seen shadow entities, shadow people describe them, and this is really bizarre, is that you're in a dark room, right? Mm -hmm. You're in a dark area. Mm -hmm. These entities appear darker than the dark. They're darker than the ambient darkness yeah. in the room. So if, if a shadow, if you have these laser dots out there, and a shadow, something with enough, however they do it, mass to manifest a shadow, mm -hmm. moves in front of one of those laser dots, you're going to see that dot blacked that, out on the wall. That's right. the premise. I, 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 mean, never I, I understand... Why, why are we afraid of ghosts? I mean, I understand spiders. It's a good question. You don't have to tell oh me Oh my God, why. that's my biggest... Me too. I, I hate spiders and I hate clowns. It's those a, two it's things. It's a joke on my team with spiders. Me too. It's a spider clown. My kids send me these grotesque images on the internet of some spider and clown that's been like photoshopped and they think it's oh, funny. Man. And I'm like, it's not funny. I hate spiders. I hate clowns. Why are we... I understand why we're afraid of those, but why are we afraid of... Why are we afraid of the afterlife? What scares us about it? I don't know. I, I think one reason that people are afraid of... Um, of spirits going into <clears throat> potentially active locations and having that experience, I, I think a lot of it is what you see perpetuated on TV and in the shows and the movies. Um, there's this misconception, major misconception, that a spirit, if you were to interact with one, is either unintentionally or intentionally going to going to scare you, especially yeah, harm you, harm you. Yeah, I, I, and how would they harm you? Yeah, well, and this is the thing. It all boils down to if you believe, like I do, that a ghost is nothing more than someone who's passed from their physical body. I believe, and all the evidence I have found in terms of the audio I've collected were, I believe they've expressed uh, sensations that I can't understand because they should be unique to the physical body. Mm -hmm. Things like being cold, things like right. expressing, they remember how food tastes. Things or going to the bathroom. Expressing, you know I mean? well, well, believe it or I not. Mean, I mean, if they can see us with their eyes, then why well, can't they have a liver and all the and, other and stuff? And they, they have, do. sometimes in audio, express emotion. Yeah. Like, a, I'm so sad. Right. And things like this. So, you know, it, it really, it just, it makes me wonder. But if you look at it from that perspective, I view, when I do an investigation, I always, you know, a little bit off topic, but in the segue, I always err on on the side of that there is activity there. There's a reason I do it. I always I heard that in your life. I Shane. always um, assume that there is a spirit there who wants, who wants to communicate right. and is trying to get the homeowner's attention. And the reason I do that is because if I'm wrong, so what? Right. If I'm wrong, I won't get any audio. I right. won't get a... Well, if you come in just they don't exist, they don't exist, they right. don't exist, then if, they won't exist. If I don't, if I don't right. give them an opportunity, right. if I blow them off... Right. But if I, if I take the other step and assume, um, possibly wrong, but assume that they're there, now I establish that bond of trust. And they're like, okay, someone's going to take me seriously. And that, that, that's why I do it that way. What's but your that, thoughts on the Ouija boards? 
mixed bag. It gets an automatic um, thumbs down from 99.9% of people in the field and out of the field. Well, I'll tell you what, right now, I'm, um, I'm not going to play with one. And I, I don't... Boards, Oh, I'm sorry. No, I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play with one. I just and it's funny because like I said, I'm more of a skeptic mm-hmm. in the scary ghost thing. I I, right. I want to really want to believe in all that, and I, and I'll, I'll maybe I'll get there someday. But I, I'm still not gonna play with the Ouija board. There's some people who won't even go near one. I mean, I don't even know if they still sell them. Do they? I think they do. And do you ever use them in investigations? This is no, no. I, some 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 teams do. But here's the deal. Here's my firm belief. I really am adamant about this with the Ouija boards. And it doesn't have to be the physical Ouija board produced by Parker Brothers that you go and buy. Uh, a Ouija board is really nothing. That's a brand. Mm-hmm. They're called spirit boards. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. some very legitimate, um, I believe, we have one in our team, uh, mediums, will use those to help connect with spirit, as she calls it, which is capital S, which really means all spirits, all right. people who pass from their body. She uses spirit boards prior to investigations to connect with her spirit guides and get tight in that way. But to, exactly to your question, the Ouija board, I think it can be good, it can be bad. What matters is your intentions when you're using it. Mm-hmm. The analogy I like to use for clients, because I get this question a lot about Ouija boards. My analogy is this. Let's say you've got some kids having a sleepover. Right. All right? Some middle school kids, and they pull out a Ouija board. Which I did do that, and and they want to whether it's boys or girls. I think both of maybe girls are maybe more prone to do this, but and maybe they pull it out and they they say they're gonna they want to find out um, the name of their future husband. So they're just having fun with it, you know, or, or their future wife if it's a guy. It's fun till it isn't. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so and so yeah. So then they or they can say something like, uh, "What boy or girl at school likes me? Who's right. my crush?" Okay, now you're innocent. Now you're just trying to do that kind of thing. Or, uh, but now once you take that next step and say something too broad, like, is there anybody who wants to come now? I don't even like to say that. To finish that. No, I knew, that's We're why I stopped. in my basement. I would prefer that's, you don't that's why I stopped. anything. That's why I stopped. So I don't even like to complete that phrase. Away. Um, because once you give permissions and say, is there anybody? It's one thing to say, is there somebody here in the house who wants to talk to me? Okay, somebody's already there. But I think it can be bad if you believe in this kind of thing, that it can happen, the darker entities. You just don't, you never want to give that broad spectrum of permission. It can be a toy, it can be used innocently. Intention is everything, opening and closing the session properly, which is a whole other topic. So you, you, I, you can't know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So um, can, can a dog be a ghost? Can a can a rabbit? Can a can a cat? I mean, if 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 we're thinking at um, the afterlife, is that just human afterlife, or do dogs have their own afterlife? But so my thoughts on this are, if 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 you know, and my dog, I mean, I guess it comes down to the concept of a soul and all that, and that gets pretty religious with people. But you know, when I've been in my darkest moments on this floor uh, after Seth died, and I was writing my book, this is where I wrote my book, by the way, in this in this. In this uh, studio, I guess, um, or sometimes it was a prison for me. But yeah. when I was in my lowest points, I mean, literally my lowest points were like the next option was suicide, yeah. which I never got there. Thank, thank the Lord. Um, is uh, my dog would come in, mm-hmm. and he would come in, and he would lay on me and yeah. lick my face. And mm-hmm. I, I tell you what, you tell me they don't have a soul, boy. I don't know. I, I, I mean, that my dog knew. I was going through something traumatic, and he comforted me. I mean, a tree isn't going to do that. I get that. Right. Trees don't have souls. 
But and, I, and I'm not trying to get you know religious with people, but no, no. I just I'm not gonna believe that my dog doesn't have a spirit. If the definition of a soul and spirit are the same thing, then I'm all in with pets. And anybody watching this that has a pet and they've been crying and they've been weeping and they're and they're yeah and they're it's it could be a cat exactly. It's so to me. I'll share my. Story I'll go back to my years. question. So. Can you communicate with to a pet? I mean, do you believe in the afterlife for pets? And if you do, then where do you draw the line? I, I mean, absolutely. Okay, do. so absolutely. does a mouse have a soul? I don't know. I mean, it's weird because at some point you could say, well, pets are more like us because they're in our house. So it doesn't mean they have a soul just because they're our pets. I mean, you could have a yeah. pet mouse. Right. And so does does a mouse have a soul? I, I don't yeah. know. This stuff to me is just I don't know the answer. I'm not yeah. preaching to anybody. Uh, I, I would be doing a disservice to investigations if I came in with an agenda. I don't have one. I'm not that smart to know these things, but it just, it really interests me. And that's why I wanted you on the show. We could kind of dive into this, but go ahead and finish what you're saying that I, I do want to get to the, um, we got about 20 minutes left. I do want to get into the investigation. Too. Oh yeah. We got some pictures yeah. too. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. I absolutely believe that, that animals have souls. I absolutely, absolutely believe that, that there are spirit animal encounters with with homeowners um my story real quick at one, one of my absolute lowest moments everything's relative right. and i can't say whether it compares right. but same deal curled up in a ball on the couch all by myself and i was just just sobbing and sobbing and we're talking this one on you know for hours for for days and i remember multiple times being there on the couch doing this with my door locked all by myself one of my cats would come up and I'd be laying on the couch. He would just come up and he would sit right on my chest. Just sit there. Only when I was doing that. And just mm -hmm. sit there and feel his tail and he's just looking at me. I know. No doubt in my mind he could tell I was hurting. So any pet lover is going to agree with that. Yep. Okay, we got like so, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Let's go to ghost pictures first. Let's do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at our um, our thing in front of us and then you guys will be seeing the pictures. But okay. um, what I wanted to do is have, have you bring in some of the most famous ghost pictures. Okay. I've seen all these, by the way. And then have you comment on, you know, like kind of like fake or real, you know, or, right. or whatever you think. Right. So what's the first one here? I have little notes here. So yeah, that's fine. Me, I'm just going to glance down at and it. And I've recognized this one too. I know yep. the premise of this picture very well, but I want to just give a little backstory. Yeah. This is arguably the most famous purported apparition photo ever taken. I don't want to say these are because I, I don't know. Um, I'm very skeptical of all video and pictures, but this is called the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. And this was shot in uh, 1936, the picture hmm. was taken. It's purported to be the spirit of Lady Dorothy Townsend. Um, she and her husband were uh, residents of Raynham Hall in the early 1700s. Hmm. And the person who was taking this picture was hired to come do a, a shoot there for, I think it was, I want to say Vanity Fair magazine. It uh, doesn't matter. But anyway... Um, uh, Country Life magazine, a December 36, 1936 issue. So he's under the lens hood. They had these big lens hoods there at the time. You know, they'd have to get under. Right. And the the lady who was um, his um, assistant, who was running the flash, she saw this coming down the stairs. Oh, wow. So she actually took it with the intent said, of photographing And said, there's somebody it. coming down the stairs, coming down the stairs. And he said, well, just, just shoot it. Just yeah. shoot it. And so she did the whatever, the flash. And um, when, yeah, she saw something coming down the stairs and this is the image they got uh real quickly i want to show you well um, hold on fake or real well what do you think and you can't say i don't know you got to pick one it's my show i can't you can't no you can't be I in can't. the middle you can't be a, i can't say a if fence this is fake or real it, I, I, well, I let me put it this way is if, there, i don't if mean there it's there was if there was a spirit photograph right 
out of all of them that I think has the highest chance to be real. This is it. I think it's a bird, but go to the next one. But anyway, I'm kidding. That's what everyone this, said. This, the second one I just put up is the same picture in a little bit greater detail. Okay. Okay. A little bit enhanced to yeah. show the detail. In the okay. So, so what's the next one? So that one, uh, let's do, um, let's do this. Oh, I, yeah. I, I remember that one. So this what's is, the context of this one? This one is from the SS Watertown. Yep. And um, this one was, this picture was taken in 1924. What happened, there were two airmen, or two, uh, not airmen, but they were uh, seamen who were overcome by fumes or something. There was some freak accident on the ship and they lost their lives. Well, they were buried, they were buried at sea. And what happened was, I think uh, just a few days later, it was the next day, actually, the first mate reported seeing these two faces in the water. Hmm. And, uh, of course, they, the rest of the people were skeptical. They remained in the, in the water for 10 seconds or so at a time and then fade. Uh, but this happened for several days. Um, and multiple people on the ship saw these. Well, this, this has been said for years and years to be one of the most legit uh, apparition pictures ever right. taken. But there's an update I just got recently. And it's important to point these things out. Uh, there's been some recent evidence to show that this may have been faked. Yeah. And this looks really, really it legit. Does look it real, looks yeah. Remember back in 1926, they didn't have Photoshop. Right. They didn't have Lightroom. They right. didn't have all this stuff. Yep. So it's possible that this, this is not Do you know what the concept legitimate. of, or the idea of patternicity is? It, You're it's talking like, about like pareidolia and things like that? Well, it's like, it's like, the, it's, it's like when people see Jesus in, on, exactly. on a wall. I call and, it pareidolia. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, it's, 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 it, you know, if you, like, like for me, I, I, for some reason, see, see, you know, faces and skulls a lot. Like when I'm looking at a pattern or something, I'll see three or four skulls and stuff. Mm -hmm. and by the chance, I have two skull rings. but Exactly. That, but that's... So for me, it's like, you know, I see something and, and I immediately see that. And so exactly. patternicity is that concept, is that your brain is predisposed to create things. It's the same thing we call pareidolia in the field. There's audio and visual pareidolia. And it's basically your brain has to make sense out of chaos. I mean, what's, the, see, what's number three? Sorry. You see, you see I want to make sure we get in, in some pop. of these in. Let, let's, I remember that one. Yeah, let, let's do this one real quick. Another I remember really, this one. This, this is from the Tulip Staircase. Uh, this this one was, was scary. This was actually a little... This was taken in 1966. That's and, my birthday. Oh, no. And when, when, I look at, when I look at it, I look at this picture and I was fascinated as a kid. This is the first picture I saw as a kid that really got me going. I, to me, yeah, you can see the this, hands, this like there's figure. a hand, yeah, like yeah, it's leaning on the figure reaching up the staircase. Yep. I look at this, my gut says, this is just too good to be true. This yeah. is just too detailed. It's too classic, um, too willowy. It just, it's like those I, seance pictures you see with the violin floating yeah, in the air. Yeah. It's like too good. But I, you know, this is a, a purported, you know, um, Apparition photograph. My my gut just has a little bit of a problem couple, with it. A couple more, then we'll hit the uh, yeah yeah. The let's um, oh do the baby one. That was that was yeah. A, I mean here's, you, here's a you well, showed me that one and that's let, really good. Let me real quick show you yeah. this one, and then then we'll then we'll go to that one. Okay, real quick. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why I took it. Let let's do here and make executive. We have too many. <laughs> I know. Let's do this one. This is one that I took. Oh, wow. And, and this this was taken at Pleasant Ridge Cemetery in Palo, which is known as the 13 Steps for locals here. Oh, wow. I was there. I had a camera with me, a uh, still camera. that I. It's what we call a full-spectrum modified camera. It's mm -hmm. been professionally modified to see into the infrared and ultraviolet spectrums that the human eye can't see. Wow. I took it with me on a hunch. I took about 50 pictures. This one in particular just got my attention. If you can see, in the middle, mm -hmm. there's a pinkish 
like a figure. It's kind of like a portly, kind of a wide, like the like form of a female, maybe yeah. an older woman or something. You can almost see the the waist where maybe there's a, like, I don't know, maybe tightened waist, almost mm-hmm. like a corset. You can see almost like a skirt and a dress kind of coming down. And you didn't see this when you took no, the picture. You no. just took a random picture. All of that pink, that pink that you're seeing is the ultraviolet spectrum that the camera was picking up. Hmm. And it looks like a physical human form. Someone on my show uh, who was on live watching this, who's from that area and whose grandmother is buried in the cemetery, said he thought, it's a reach, he said he thought it looked like her. So I don't know. I can't explain the picture. I don't know what it is. Here's the last one. Yeah, then we'll go on. Now, this is a good example of... uh, I thought this was crazy when you showed this to me earlier. This is a great example of how it's easy to be fooled. I mean, that's a baby with a ghost in bed with him uh, in a crib. This was from a toddler cam, night vision camera that a mother had set up, you know, as a lot of families do. And she looked down in the middle of the night and she saw this, which well, of course. really <laughs> certainly looks like yeah. a baby. I'd be running in that room pretty quick. Laying next to her actual right. toddler. And it's, it just looks obvious. Right. So she was freaking out. Well, the husband got home and took a look and realized that what had happened was this mattress they had just bought had an emblem, an insignia that was... Uh, Oh, like a, a tape. Yeah. Like cut out and yeah. taped onto the mattress. And they just put a and light sheet over it. Normally, it's covered with, with a, a mattress protector. Yeah. And I'm going to show you what that looks like here. And this is crazy. So that's this the baby's face right there. This is what she saw. And see this protector that's right. pulled away? That normally is over it. What gets me but is But when they laid the baby down that night, they What gets me, Scott, is that down. first picture you showed, people were saying, well, this is evidence. They would and swear this is why, and down. They'd say, this, this is, is why, evidence. you know, the Bigfoot thing, really, obviously, with my shirt. Um, yep. And I look at a lot of Bigfoot videos, and I just, the same thing. I'm like, it's just, it's it's not that. But again, just, if, if, if 99 are like this, all it takes is one picture. Right. And, and, and that kind of validates what you're looking it for. It goes to show you that... Uh, no matter what you think you're seeing, mm-hmm. you can you absolutely can be fooled. And this is why audio is a whole nother animal. Yeah, it is. Video for me, I'm highly skeptical. I have clients that they'll, they'll be watching our night or people watching our night vision uh, monitors on investigations. They'll say, "Oh my God, you're not going to believe all this stuff we're seeing." And I'll come down and I'll be able to shoot shoot down and debunk everything that they're seeing on video. Well, we could have we could go through so many of these, but yeah. I, I want to spend some time. You brought three yeah. ghost hunting. Sorry, you hate that phrase. Um, spirit uh, searching. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, afterlife searching type mm-hmm. uh, equipment. Why don't you just give a brief explanation, then actually turn them on and kind of show us how they work. Yeah. If you can. Basically what these are. And we, if that thing goes off and it, it, it shows that there's a ghost here, we're ending the show and you're going to do a same. It wouldn't mean it necessarily is paranormal. All these things will do. We have a variety of these things. We've got case after case of stuff like this. But these are just some of the, the most well-known and most commonly used ones. Um, this one here, this is called a REM pod. This really made its debut on the Ghost Adventures show back in the 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. It was used a lot. Lots of episodes they've got with this thing going off all the time. And what it does... When you turn it on, which I'm going to do here, um, it puts out an electromagnetic field around this antenna. And this particular model of it, I'm going to turn it on here. Okay, it's going to beep. Okay. Hmm. Now it's got an electrical field around this antenna. And if anything that has conductivity to it, like a human hand, like we believe spirit energy, gets a certain distance. Oh, wow. See? That's the sound I hear in all the ghost shows. And the closer you get... Okay, this one you can actually adjust the range of it to be 
ultra sensitive. And the theory is that spirits emit a, an energy field. Right. That right. They emit conductivity. Like human, right. like we do. Correct. Yeah. And see, you can adjust it to get even. Is this the theory closer. behind the batteries draining on investigations? It's, it's and, a big. It's a big part of it. Yes. Because I see that mm-hmm. a lot. Where they'll say, "Well, geez, I just put batteries in this camera." Is yep. it? Is it? Is it the belief that spirits can use the energy in the battery to give themselves more energy? That's exactly it. And that's we, just obviously the theory. We, yeah. we believe, I adamantly believe, and I have an incredible audio capture I'd like to play for you someday that to me is groundbreaking because it verifies what I've known. It's a spirit saying, almost sounding like he just had his oxygen machine unplugged, mm. gasping and saying, I'm almost out of energy. It's incredible. You have it on tape? I have an audio of it. Yeah. No, I don't want to hear it right now. a residential investigation. <laughs> I, did, I didn't cow. bring it with me. But no, I, I do want to eventually But anyway, yes. It, we don't know what types of energy they need all the time. We do believe they use electromagnetic energy at times. Sometimes it's static. Uh, sometimes we believe if they want to manifest, they're able, they understand that these batteries, they, hmm. they, can, they can drain. I had battery drain twice in our latest residential. Brand new charged batteries that went to nothing within 45 seconds after turning on the device. Yeah, Can't see, explain that. Yeah, that's crazy. So anyway, th- this device here, I'm going to turn it on for you. <clears throat> this one is called a millimeter, and if you are a fan of the shows at all, I'm just going to set this up. Yeah, here. show it up. Um, if you're a fan of the shows at all, you you may have seen this. I'll hold it up. Okay. Um, this really is a detector of the same type of field that goes around this antenna. It's called an electromagnetic field detector or EM detector, and this one also has a temperature probe on it too that'll give the ambient the baseline. And what would make what happens if it, so, if a ghost communicates with that thing? What happens? Well, what you'd expect to see is now you'll see the 0.0 on here. I don't know if the camera can see that, but yeah. that's a measure of, of the EM strength in milligauss. And it's believed that sometimes spirit energies emit electromagnetic energy. Mm-hmm. So if one were to come close enough to this device, you might see that number spike up. Mm-hmm. Um, in the field, researchers say if it's between like 2 and 7 milligauss, it's more likely paranormal than other readings. But that, that's for debate. But that's one thing you might expect to see. And that's why we use this device in the initial homeowner interview to do a baseline sweep of the right. home. I've heard that. To phrase. find out what's normal right. in the area. So then if you go back on investigation night and there's spikes. Um, see, just what gets know. me about this whole thing, and I'll be honest with you, is the, is the stigma with, ooh, spooky, you know, boo, and right. you're you're researching. I mean, mm-hmm. and, th- and that's the difference because between a lot of people that look at this right now, watching this podcast going, well, just, you know, this, I don't believe in ghosts and all that. And it's like, well, I don't know if you have to not believe or believe in ghosts. Yeah. It's, are, are you willing to, you know, back in the day when we thought the earth was flat, although there's some that still think that, you know, it, that was debunked and we, you know, now there's, pretty good evidence that the earth isn't flat yeah it's like you know maybe someday you know we're gonna fly humans to other planets eventually well we we didn't think we'd get to the moon you mm-hmm. know that's right is there someday that we're gonna look back at this when we're actually interacting with spirits if that happens mm-hmm. and we're gonna say gosh you know i don't know why we were so just naive and so ignorant that this possibility could exist mm-hmm. and that in itself is what interests me mm-hmm. is the possibility that someday you'd be able to communicate. I mean, we yeah. got people that are taking their bodies and storing them in ice and right. believing they're going to be, you know, mm-hmm. resurrected somehow. And, and no one laughs at them because they're, they're billionaires, you know. Yeah. And the reality is that, I, I tell you right now, the, the government is researching things that, you know, we don't know about. I mean, I talked about the remote viewing and all that. 
That's still going on. I mean, the parapsychology uh, industry um, has a lot of applications to military and things like that. So yeah. I just I appreciate the fact that you're very uh, open-minded with this, and right. I hope people watching this, if they've ever been interested, to either have things you know validated in their own house, mm -hmm. or you know not communicate with the dead, right. but but to maybe find a way that you can get a sign from the afterlife. Yeah to get some closure, maybe to help you deal mm -hmm. with, hey, I'm okay now that my loved one that died is is in a place where they're okay. They're not they're not in pain anymore. Right. What's the last one you have? Well, I've got two. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess we got to see see this, which you showed me this earlier. This is one of our favorite pieces of equipment, and he's not just he's not just a teddy bear. This is it's... called the Boo Buddy Bear, and um, the idea behind him is I'm not going to turn them on because you'll have to calibrate and do all this well, stuff. Well, I don't want you long. to turn them on anyway. So. Yeah. So anyway, what he does, he's got um, fairly sophisticated electronics in him. He has an electromagnetic field detector, just very much like this without the audible signal. If he detects EM changes around him, like if a child spirit were to come up and, and grab his hands, you'd see his paws light up. He, so I thought you were kidding me. His name is really Boo. He's really a... a Boo, Boo Buddy is what he's called. But the manufacturer calls him Boo Buddy. Yeah, we call him Hal. No, I just made it up. No, it's just Boo Buddies, what they call him. You ever, you ever thought about talking to somebody, like a therapist or something? Or? Uh, I thought I was. Oh. No. You're, you're, uh, you're, talking, yeah, to, yeah, right, you're right. talking to many people. You yeah. just can't see them. That's exactly um, right. So anyway, so he's Boo got Buddy, that. Boo Buddy tracks kids? Well, yeah, that that's... But I always emphasize... Can I hold them while I get possessed absolutely. or something? No, no, no. Not there. No, I'm just kidding. No, you should be fine. Should be fine. Yeah, this is Boo Buddy. Pretty cute, yeah. And so he's, he's got also sensors got, in here. He's also got a sensor in that detects motion, like vibration. Have you had a button to so, make him talk right now? I punch you. Uh, yeah, no. I here, you can take Boo no, Buddy but back. One thing I love about it, you turn him on, and he he calibrates, he baselines to the environment. Okay, hmm. EM everything, and then he'll start talking. He'll say, "Hi, I'm Boo Buddy. What's your name?" And he waits thirty seconds. He says all these different things. Asks Does he record too? No. Oh, but I'm, I'm getting to that real quick. Um, he'll do things like have kids start to sing their ABCs or count. We always put a digital voice recorder by this bear right next to him. And you In catch fact, stuff. Yeah, I put, yes, I'll put one like this right next to him. Okay, and the reason we do that, obviously, for example, the best recorded audio we've ever had of a child spirit interacting with this bear was at a residential case in Mount Vernon. One thing the buddy does is he says, count with me. And then he says, one, two, three, four, and he stops. We recorded the voice so plain as day five. of a little kid saying five on the recorder after this bear stopped at four. You know how it's, like heightened of right now it's just I'll incredible. Scare, I mean, if somebody scared me right now, I would have a heart attack. I am mm -hmm. so, every hair standing up on my arm. It's wild. Just being around this stuff is, is yeah. not creepy. It's just like, it's intriguing to me. I'm not, I'm not like, um, to me, it's, just it's hard thrilling. to explain. It's, it's hard thrilling. to explain. I, I'm I'm absolutely excited to go on an investigation, an overnight investigation with a professional, with mm -hmm. with you and your team, mm -hmm. just to not add any value, but just to kind of take in the information. You know, if nothing else, just to immerse yourself in the ambience of a location like do you, that. Do you allow non-team members to go on investigations with you? Well, if if it's a team, if it's a team event, like a team bonding event, typically no, but. Um, like a brother? Oh, absolutely. Oh. We could have a, a case where it's just, just you and me or you and me and somebody else. And we else don't have to go to the haunted, most haunted house. We can just go to, you know... Uh, Edinburgh's a great shot. It's just right down the road. It's a really active location. At times, it's always hit and miss. I've done two solo overnights at Edinburgh Manor. Nobody but me. 
One of them was really, really amazing. The other one was bland. It was just eerily quiet. Almost like there was just there just was no energy going on. So you don't know. It's hit and miss. I know we got, time we, I got there, I we got a door, little bit of time left. Um, I had a door shut in my face and footsteps coming up the stairs I mean, toward me. I'd be honest with you, I could I, I could do this for another hour or two. I love yeah. I love this topic. Um, I do want to, as we end the show, um, spend <clears> a few minutes um, talking about the the experience you and I had in oh, high school. Yeah. Yeah. And it's to you know, I've had three I've three or four legitimate ghost experiences. One involved a dog and. Yeah. And some other things, but this one you and I witnessed. We were together. I'll kind of start the story. You can kind of take it. And, and uh, I know when you and I have repeated it, we went like twenty years and didn't talk about it. Yeah. And then when we repeated it, our our our, our uh, stories were slightly altered, slightly. but that's normal. Pretty twenty close, years and yeah, yeah. things kind of change. But the the, mm-hmm. the the idea was that we were coming home. I, I'll keep the other people out of it. You and I were in a car with some other people. One, two, three other people. We're coming back from a movie. This was in high school. And I know the exact road because yeah. when I drive by it with the kids, I always oh, say, man. this is where we saw the, the figure or whatever we saw. Always think about and it. And we're driving and there was all I remember was there was some fog. And as, as the fog kind of cleared, I she was driving, I was in the passenger side and yep. you were in the back with the other two people. Yep. Exactly. And what I remember is we came and there was a figure standing in the middle of the road. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the person driving didn't think anything. We didn't really think anything of it. We pulled up to it probably, I don't know, 20, 30 feet away. It's dark now. There's a little bit of fog out there. And whatever it was, all I, all I remember was the whiteness to it. I didn't, I didn't see color. I didn't see a red shirt mm-hmm. or you know shaggy hair or baggy pants or a backpack. That's my it was recollection just, too. It wasn't a naked figure because I right. didn't really see any clothes defined or even you know, from that perspective, I knew it was a male. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of white. It wasn't like a... A shimmering white, you see a, a you know, um, like when people go to heaven or whatever. It wasn't mm-hmm. that. It was just, right. it was, no, it wasn't a tree. It wasn't a flock of geese. It wasn't yeah. a deer. It Vacuum was, it was, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a human being. Yeah. At least I thought it was. Right. And we pulled up to it, and then the driver went around the side, and this whatever it was, just kind of like an army soldier walking. What I remember, and it kind of pivoted. And then walk towards my. I'm sitting in the passenger seat, so let's say you're That's the driver. Right. It, was it walks side. right here, yeah. and now the girls in the back are screaming, screaming. And, you know, drive mom, drive mom, yeah. get out of here. Yeah. I never was scared. I thought it was a someone on drugs or someone I was just concerned a drunk driver like, or something. I didn't yeah. know someone yeah. wandering around. Right. And then when it just kind of reached out, very stoic like, to grab the handle, and then the mom. And everyone's screaming now, and I was going to open the door. You started like to unlock the door. Freaking idiot! And whatever we drive up, and then we mm. turned around, and then I'll just I'll let you take it from there and kind of finish how it ended. But what what do you remember about the fact when we pulled ahead and then it we left it behind us, and then what happened? My recollection is, yeah, she did start to pull away and drove a while down a little bit down the road, and we're all and screaming. I don't remember why, but she stopped. Right. And we went back. Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember okay. that. And my dad, why, my dad went back to it. Why in Steve. the world we stopped and she backed the car up? I guess it was because we were concerned if it was somebody who... I was thinking maybe they'd been in an accident. They had some sort of mental trauma and they were trying right. to ask for help. Right. We didn't want to drive away from someone who desperately needed help. We didn't want to just let them in the but car. But what I remember, Scott, a chance to when she backed up and we turned around, I, that thing was expressionless. 
blank. Th- there was no like help and no. cry. It was just like the movie. It was, was literally slow. like it was like it couldn't it, have cared less. Exactly, if it got into the like car. it wasn't seen us. Nope. Like it, we'll have these things. It reached out to the car handle. I get chills talking oh, about this. And I, you know, I ridiculous. I don't know what it was. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie and say we didn't see something because it was five of us in the car. We and then it right, started right. walking towards us, and I don't remember its legs moving or its feet. It just mm-hmm. kind of floated towards us, and then she just bolted. And we ran home, ran in the house, yelling to my dad. And then my dad gets the neighbor uh, and my brother Steve, and I think they even got a, I won't say that, a weapon or something. And and they drove down to see yeah. my dad being a doctor, was concerned that yeah. someone was injured and was, you know, right, on right. drugs or something. Right. And my dad got down there and they couldn't find anything. But that that's yeah. like, that's that the was... pinnacle to me of my ghost experiences. And the one I had with my dog, uh, well, with yeah, Chip, um, yeah. that, that's another one for mm-hmm. me um, that's been up there too. And I think most people watching this, have had some type of a ghost experience. But that one right there to me, I mean, that's the Patterson-Gimlin film for me. I mean, that's that's just... Well, and sometimes a good segue, because sometime on my live stream, I'd like to have you as a guest on and uh, maybe talk about what we just talked about and also share your other story with your I mean, it wasn't a dream. I, we, no. we saw it. And, and, you know, I got... Again, it's my podcast. So I can go as long as I want. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, if I, if you don't mind, I want to do. I do want to tell a story about sure. our dog because that that one is amazing too. Absolutely. But but we, my dad, field trial dogs, and this is where I go back on the spirit thing with animals because I did I did see this. This is really quick. If I can just yeah. say the people watching. Yeah. This coming from Jeff. You know, he's open minded, skeptic, and but he's very skeptical of, of spirit activity and stuff, which is cool. So when you hear him tell his story, this means something to me. This is compelling coming from you. Well, I still, I still am. Um, but yeah, but this, you got some pretty pointed stuff. Yeah, this was pretty this. crazy. So anyway, my, my dad, we picked up this dog named Chip at the airport because my dad used to train them competitively. Mm-hmm. Our dad, I say my dad, he's your dad too, Scott. Um, and um, we brought him home. I had Chip in my lap all the way home. And then after a few years, Chip developed hip dysplasia, which mm-hmm. means she basically couldn't feel trial anymore. That's so right. my dad yeah. didn't want to do anything drastic with Chip, but he wanted a dog that could field trial. So we yeah. gave the dog to our best friends and it happened to be the renters mm-hmm. and Brock owns premier investments with me. We're best friends. And I, coincidentally, we always stayed over there. So you and I and Dan, we'd stay at the renters and their, their kids would stay at our, my mom and dad's house. Right. Well in college then uh, they had, they had had chip for a long time and chip died and, and we were all sad, but they owned chip longer than we did. Yeah. So one night, I, I'm over there at the renters, and I'm on their couch in their living room, and, and everyone else, Dan and Brock, are upstairs. And I'm on the couch, and I could see the, the door had the two glass kind of frosty windows, but right. you could see sunlight coming There's through and stuff. So I'm laying down, and I'm at that stage <clears throat> on the couch where I'm kind of head-bobbing, you know, when you wake up. And yeah. you know, I'm, in, I'm on a couch in a living room. It's a little little creepy. And all of a sudden, I hear this, I hear this kind of clicking noise, like, you know, like, fingernails mm-hmm. like clicking okay yeah and um i'm thinking okay you know maybe i'm just coming out of my sleep you know no big deal so i kind of i'm now i'm wide awake now i'm a little scared and then i hear something coming up the stairs and I, in the living room and then they had a stairs going down to the basement and the basement was always kind of creepy and so i'm sitting there and i'm in by myself now because brock right. and and uh, dan are in there in the bunk beds and i hear something coming up the stairs so i'm thinking one of the guys snuck out through the garage around the back door Ha ha, we're going to scare sure. Jeff and right. stuff. So I, right. I'm not really scared. Right. But I, I definitively remember I, I, heard some, I heard somebody come up the stairs. Yeah. And I hear this odd clicking noise. Yeah, that's bizarre. Well, then I look over at the window with the frosted glass on the door, and I, I see something on all fours, like Brock or Dan, 
going across and I see it break the light. Now I now right. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get this. Like we guys. talked about shadow. I'm gonna throw anomaly. I'm gonna throw they had a cigarette thing, a glass yeah, thing. I'm gonna throw right at them because I'm point. I'm pissed now. Because you just know it's one of them. It, yeah, the, I right. see something as clear as day. Right. And it goes over and disappears from there and then goes over where their TV is and just disappears. And I'm going, okay. And I jump up, run up, flip the light on, nothing there. Mm. I know I'm getting chills, yeah, and I go, I yeah. go, oh my god! So I run up the stairs to the bunk beds, open up, and I and the Brock and Dan are sound asleep. Yeah. And I go off on them, yelling them, "You guys did something!" No, we didn't, we didn't. So as it as it found out to kind of wrap up the show, so we're not here for an hour, and I got three more ghost stories I could tell too. Um, as it turned out, I did not know this, Scott, and because I didn't have you know Renner's had Chip. This Apparently, she had arthritis really bad, and when Chip walked, you could literally hear. The dog clicking. It's right. arthritis. It was really bad, right. and it would be downstairs. And you come. didn't know that. No, I not. I, I had none. I knew none of this because we hadn't seen Chip for a, a year or so. Wow. And when I did, she was always outside. I never was yeah. any time around it. But when right. Chip died, um, it, it she developed arthritis, yeah. and she'd always come up those stairs, you know, and you could hear her coming up the stairs. I didn't yeah. know that. The other thing that freaks me out, Scott, is she died right by the TV. I mean, and that's where I saw the dog disappear. Now, again, I got so, absolute I know, every hair on my arm is standing up. This is this is as honest a ghost, and I had no fear until right. after I turned the lights on. Right, and then it dawned on me, I I, I saw something I can't yeah. explain. So when people tell me yeah. that that dogs don't have a soul because of whatever religion they have, I'll give you that. That's right. fine. But I tell you what, I saw just like you oh. believe what you believe. I know what I saw, and those two stories alone with me, yeah. personally, if I had a gun to my head. I almost have to say I'm not really sure there's an afterlife, yeah. but but living through those two events, that's why I wanted you to be on the show. I wanted to have this conversation with you, and people could watch this and maybe get someone to reach out to you and yeah. get some closure, get some answers. If you would have been around, I would have had you come oh, out to man. the renters and investigate that. Would have been that. wild. Well, like I preface what you were going to say. Now I'm all now I'm quick. all scared. <laughs> like I, that's why I wanted to preface. You know, I know you're skeptical about this stuff, but when to hear you tell that story. As genuinely as you did, it's hard to be a skeptical witness. Something and to, to say the the very very compelling yeah. facts to to, to uh, give those facts, right? Things you did not know, and to have those things happen back to back, right? You know, does it prove anything? No, it doesn't. No, no. All, my my no. my audio of the kids saying five on this recorder. I can't. We can't scientifically prove that you saw the dog. I can't prove, but it's extremely compelling. You just you you literally just like you said, the hair stands up on your arm. Yeah. And you realize that if nothing else, uh, these possibilities are more than worth looking into more. They are. And I think, you know, to wrap this up again, um, we, when you and I talked, we, we didn't want to have a script. We didn't want to have an agenda. Yeah. I, I told you my goal here wasn't to try to put you back you in a corner to, like, prove to the watchers that ghosts exist. Because I don't think that's possible. Yeah, um, I don't think it. you can prove they don't exist. I always, it. I've yeah. told everybody, you know, when someone says that, that Bigfoot exists... The obligations on them to prove it. Um, you can't prove something doesn't exist, right. you know. And and so I can't go out and say uh, I, ghosts don't exist just because I don't want to believe they don't exist. I can't right. prove that. The the onus is on on your industry and and try to find and that's what drives you is like you know I know it's our responsibility. You don't feel obligated like to the public to prove ghosts. I think you're doing right. it for your own reasons. Yeah. yeah. But if you could definitively prove that there is an afterlife. Think of the transformation that our society would take. Think of how much we would stop fearing death. We would we would look at death as, as not this torturous, painful 
process where we just rot away and, and, yeah. and, and everything ends. I mean, that's right. one of the reasons why religion right. is there, mm -hmm. to give people some some hope that there's something after death, you know, heaven yeah. or hell, if you're, if you're you know, you deserve to go to hell, apparently. Um, the reality is that that whole concept of religion is there to give an answer to the question of death. Mm -hmm. Because without death, I'm not sure you'd have religion. I mean, That's we never died. Point. If we lived forever, right. if we were if we were infinite beings as humans, yeah. what purpose would there to be to be worried about what happens when we die or, or go to heaven or hell? I mean, it would kind of deflate the the purpose of having a religion. You still could be a good human being, yeah, but it would just take away that fear of death. And I think what you're doing, Scott, is giving people some ability to look at death differently. I, I am very intrigued with what you're doing. I think I think you're kind of at the cusp of. Of, of a really neat industry. I wish the TV shows would get a little bit better. To me, I'm just bored of them now. Yeah. I, I'd rather sit here, yeah. talk to you about this stuff, because that stuff's so dramatic. Even the music they play. Yeah. You know, can't they have a oh, ghost right. show it's, with no music? Yeah. Why do you have to have scary clown music when you're hunting for ghosts? That's just preconditioning the watcher to get scared. And, That's and, right. You know? Anyway, what, what are some last... If someone wanted to reach out to Scott Johnston, CR Paranormal, uh, why would they want to reach out to you, and how do they reach out to you? Well, you'd want to reach out to us, and this is the first thing we say on our um, FAQ page we have on the website. Uh, if, if you are just having experiences in your home or business that you think may be paranormal and you're not sure what they are, and you would just like to have somebody come in and try to find out to the best of their expertise, whether you have everything explainable natural, uh, naturally or not, uh, that would be the reason you'd want to get a hold of us, just to try to get you some answers. So you know one way or another, hopefully. On your website, they can request that. contact? Yeah, if they go okay. to CR, it's crparanormal.com. And on there, it lists, we've got an FAQ page. It tells everything that we do. It's got our um, 888 help number on there, okay. and it's got our email address. It also has links uh, to our Facebook page. Which um, people can watch your live stream on Monday nights. Yeah, that's yep. correct. Yep. The, the website has links to the Facebook page and the YouTube channel, too. But yeah, um, the... Live stream that I do is every Monday night. It's at 8 o'clock Central Time. It's called The Paranormal World yep. with Scott Johnston. And it's on the Sky Door Network on Facebook. And I post links to that. If people go to the website, they get they click the Facebook link that goes to the Facebook page. Right. If they, will, they don't even have to like the page. If right. anybody's ask anybody to like our page, thankfully 700-some of them have, um, just follow it. If you follow the page, then every time I post the live link to the live stream, you'll get that push on the uh, team's Facebook page. I'm sorry. I'm just waiting for that damn bear to move, and then I'm out of here. So I'm just keep watching him. <laughs> so that's Boo Buddy. Nice to meet you, Boo Buddy. Um, well, <laughs> listen, man, I, I really appreciate it. That wasn't uh, me, Jeff. I hope this was interesting for people. And, um, you know, part of the living undeterred methodology or mindset to me is just keep learning. Just keep, mm -hmm. keep exposing yourself to distractions from the stress of life, to yeah. alcoholism, addiction, gambling, all this anxiety and stress and COVID and it's the, a big part of what and the politics, the political environment we have right. and you know all this stuff is Doing just you love. it's toxic, Doing yeah. And so yeah. maybe for those people looking for something different, mm -hmm. you may border reading books or watching Netflix. Yeah. Maybe reach out to you and, and learn. They don't have to go on a ghost hunt. No, but learn more about this stuff, you know, right. and um, and form your own conclusions. You're you're not that's pushing. The point. You Thank never you. push a narrative, that's, and I like that. That's the thing, real quick. I know you're trying to finish up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the big thing. You know, if people are a little skeptical, that's fine. I would recommend about any of the equipment. There's a, People say, this equipment doesn't work. This thing doesn't work. This is bogus. I've never listened to what anybody tells me about whether something works or whether something's real. I want to try it myself. Try it yourself. Try it hands-on. 
Do your own experiments. Come to your own conclusion. Well, don't, speak, don't listen to me tell you this stuff's real. Go try to find I out. I speak on behalf of Roman and I who live here. When you leave, take all your friends with you. And right. that includes Boo Buddy. But listen, man, thanks a lot. All right. Yeah, it's and been for great. everybody watching, I very much appreciate uh, your attention tonight. And uh, as I always say, live undeterred. Thank you. Thank you.